You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten podcast brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. I am Tony Catalina alongside my guy, my man, Aiden Davis. Aiden, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. At least the Chiefs and Eagles fans know what it's like to be Cowboys fans with no football on. So <laughs> we, uh, we, still, we still hurt a little hey. bit. I mean, we still hurt because I know I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm still hurt. I mean, I will be hurt until the next season starts. But I do get a consolation prize. I'm getting to watch Ben DiNucci today. I guess this is releasing after Ben DiNucci has probably already put up seven touchdowns and cemented himself <laughs> as a XFL legend. Ben DiNucci, man. Listen, uh, so, <laughs> you know, we're in full offseason mode. We're talking about the Seattle, what, are they, are they the Sea Dragons? It's, is that what they yeah, are? Yeah, Sea Dragons, yep. So, we're in full offseason mode here at Blogging the Boys, which is good, though, because we are going to have some really good content, but we have to open up with the XFL. So, <laughs> that just tells you where we are, where, where everything is. And before we kind of go further, Aiden, um, we had a pretty interesting week over here on the First and Ten block podcast. Um, for y'all who didn't catch it, Last week, we had Cavante Turpin and Tariq Woolen on the show. We talked with them Super Bowl week about just various topics about next season, about the Super Bowl, all that. Um, if you hadn't seen it, uh, it kind of went viral a little bit, Aiden. Huh? We, we had some questions, some answers from Cavante Turpin that made the, the national rounds here. And uh, First and Ten podcast ended up on the mainstream this week. Yeah, it was one of the quotes that we talked about at the end of the episode after we had... Um talked to Turpin it was the fact that he does want to play on offense and it seemed like there's a lot of people a lot of a lot of injections into whether he should be on offense this week and we saw that debate start to rise and I mean from his perspective he just he was talking about the fact that he's going to work and uh, specifically um, over the offseason he's going to work to try and prove that he did he the coaches have no choice but to put him on offense so it was cool to see the See the quote, make some rounds. And it was, we got some good debates on how Turpin can be used in this offense and how he should be used. Totally. I mean, every major site uh, you can name was talking about it, putting on Instagram, Twitter. I mean, I know it was, I think it was even talked about on NFL Network, which is cool. I mean, I mean, we are first and foremost fans of this organization, this team. So being able to get a chance to talk to those guys and bring that, uh, that information to everybody that gets seen on a national stage is very cool as a fan. Um, but as like an analyst and everything like that, and people that, you know, break down the game, I didn't think that the quote was like crazy. I thought the quote was just a guy being honest about, you know, I know I'm a playmaker. I know I'm somebody that can help this team. And, um, you know, next year I'm going to, you know, grind and training camp. I'm going to show myself is why you can't take me off the field. So I think that attitude 
is not unfamiliar to guys in those in those kind of realms in that field when you make it to the top of your profession like those are most people's attitudes so i think it was really cool that he was able to kind of use us as a platform to say like hey if you guys weren't thinking about me in that wide receiver room you better start thinking about it now because i'm coming i'm going to show it and um I, I believe it i mean based on the way our conversation was and seeing him kind of a little bit of taste to him in that first year uh, i think avante turpin could carve himself out a nice role in this in this league Completely agree. And I, yeah, it wasn't a ridiculous quote. You expect Devontae Turpin had that mindset in general. I mean, what NFL player, specifically what NFL receiver doesn't want to be on the field on the offensive side of the ball. So, I mean, but it's cool to, th- it's cool to see that he has that mindset and you never know. I do think there is creative ways to use him next season. And I am going to be looking forward to seeing how Schottenheimer, that, that's already, that's weird to say. I'm used to saying more. How Schottenheimer and McCarthy uh, decide to use this weapon, which is, Kevontae Turpin is a weapon. His speed is ridiculous. So it's going to be cool to see. Absolutely. And so that is us kind of hyping up ourselves a little bit with the first and 10 going viral a little bit last week. But in a little bit more interesting news, depending on how you look at it, the Ezekiel Elliott story took a little bit of a turn this week in the sense that it seemed Adam Schefter put it out there. Now I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the exact kind of information quote in front of me here. But the the message basically is that the agents were going to meet with the Cowboys brass coming up this week. And they were going to talk about, is there a way for them to make the financials work for him to stay and be a member of the Dallas Cowboys organization or is the money just not really negotiable and Ezekiel Elliott is basically going to find his way off the roster so I think it's well known from our older episodes um, I'm an Ezekiel Elliott guy but I'm a realist right I understand that I'm team first I, I root for the star you know ultimately I root for players secondary to the team itself um if it's I, you know for me Ezekiel Elliott if, if we can get him to a a, a palatable uh, cap number i'm okay with finding a role for them if they can't make it work and they want to do fresh blood i don't really disagree with that either so i want to know what your take is are you a team keep ezekiel Elliott by any ways or you say let's move on find something else here i'm with i'm i share your sentiment about the person of ezekiel Elliott. i is i ezekiel Elliott. i still have his jersey somewhere in my closet i haven't put it on in about three years but i still have that jersey somewhere and i do ezekiel is the person i do think there is a role for him in the nfl i just don't think it's on the cowboys because the issue is is even if you're talking about a restructuring of contract that means two things b i think when we say restructure it's really only going to come down to like what do you nine million is the absolute lowest i could see zeke going on in terms of a to restructure and i don't even think his contract can be restructured that much i think the lowest he could we could get his contract to is 10 million so you're talking about a 10 million dollar running back whose main role is to pick up first downs and touchdowns on like third and one fourth the fourth and one like that that is a helpful role but that's not worth 10 million dollars and the second problem with restructuring is you're guaranteed you have to keep him around longer so there's at that point if you restructure there's not much flexibility in terms of cutting him at that point if you want to do that and so at this point i'm team move on and i do think zeke's gonna have a successful career post cowboys like i said that third and one fourth and one hey we need one yard zeke just pick it up almost like what jalen hurts has been doing with the quarterback sneak that is very valuable in the nfl and i expect him to dice whatever team he plays for i will be rooting for him as that bruiser we 
just need a yard type of guy. And, you know, for me, it's when you look at it, the numbers, right, and taking the emotion out of it, the $10 million number, if that's accurate, if that's the basement floor for him, if they were going to keep Tony – if that if they're going to keep Tony Pollard as well on the free agency tag, that's $20 million allocated to two running backs, right? And I think I think as a whole, as a league, we're kind of all set with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think we really want to <laughs> – I don't think that's a world we want to live in anymore. I think that – I think it's fair. The Cowboys have won a lot of contracts in their day, right? I think they've – They've won some contracts, but as of late, they took a loss on the Dak one. They took a loss on the Zeke Elliott one. These are some contracts that are, I wouldn't, I mean, the Cowboys are able to do things financially. They tell you they can't, and they tell you they're more strapped than they are. But if, but if you're going to take their, their word at face value, um, these are contracts, not Dax, because Dax, I think is, is a money hit, but it could have been better. But the Ezekiel Elliott one is just a total loss. I think that is hampering you, how you use different ways. Like, I think the way that if you want to really flesh it out, um, the way the Zeke Elliott contract works out is the reason why you're sitting there saying, oh, Mari Cooper's 20 million is blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So it's that's beating a dead horse in that sense. But at the same time, Zeke Elliott for that money, for that role, uh, as much as the personal feelings are there, I think it, it might be time to move on. And I really never thought I'd be the one to say that, but it might be time to say goodbye. Yeah, 2023, where we are now was like, when you look at Ezekiel Elliott's contract, essentially the Cowboys baked it in of, Zeke, we're tied to you for the next four years regardless. Like if you look over 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, he had a dead cap hit of 32 million, 35 million, 36 million, 30 million. So the Cowboys were tied to Zeke regardless for the last four years. Now we've hit the point where the Cowboys have options. And I, I'm going to be interested to see what Jerry decides to do because Jerry doesn't like to be wrong. He signed the... Zeke's contract is a bad contract, and Jerry was wrong on that. So if he decides to admit he was wrong and cut Zeke, he'd have a dead cap head of $12 million this year, which doesn't sound like... Is that post-June? That is, let me check, that is a... That's actually a pre-June release. A okay. Post, a post-June release, yeah, a post-June release, you're talking about a dead cap head of $5.8 million. So you that, that is definitely palatable. And then next year, you're looking at a, I mean, there's a lot more plays. You're talking about $4 million, $1 million. No, there's no hit to his contract in 2020. No hit to the Cowboys dead cap in 2026. So, Jerry, this is the decisions on the table for you, man. Are you going to admit you're wrong and cut Zeke, which is the right thing to do for this team? Yeah. If, especially if you want to pay Pollard. Cutting Zeke's the right move. Not to, I love Zeke. Cutting him's the right move. Jerry, admit you were wrong. Before we kind of move on and pivot here, I want to ask you one more question about this. How they handle this situation, whatever they so choose, is that going to really deeply impact how you feel about the front office and the way they do business? Like if they're able to say, if they're able to find a way to make the contract and the money work for them, that they keep them on the roster, even though we both know that, you know, despite what they do here, we kind of flesh it out and figure it out ourselves that maybe it's not Zeke the person, but the money just isn't worth the, the role anymore. Would that change how you feel about this front office decision-making, how they can't mix business and personal things like this? It would. I think because I mean, Me what we've been asking for as fans is just for one off season, take it seriously and just push your chips in and say, listen, we, the 
quote unquote, we like our guys strategy, the developing through the draft. We'll resign every every player we draft as long as they were successful. Like that. Yeah, I that's a cool like it's a cool mantra to have. And at some point that sometimes it's worked. But this would be going the extra step of, okay. not only do we like the guys that we draft, not only do we resign the good players, but we are so unbelievably dedicated to them that we are willing to put the Dallas Cowboys organization as a whole in a worse position just to show you how much we like you. Like, that's just, you're running a football team. You're not running a, a, a day bad business. Yeah, exactly. It's bad business. And, you know, kind of, we'll touch on it further as we get into the off season closer to the draft. There's talent in this running back draft, this class this year that you can get in the fourth, fifth round that can come in and really make some plays. And um, I think this Gibbs, is tank Bigsby. Right. Two names. Right. Yep. And I saw a shout out to Connor Livesey. He's um, you know, one of our buddies over at Blog and the Boys. He was saying, you know, if it wasn't for Bijan, like Gibbs would be like a, a number one running back in like pretty much all classes. Like he's that that type of talent. So the number two running back is gonna be a, a game breaker. But then if you go down and look at even a small guy like Deuce Vaughn or Chase Brown, there's guys that can come in and, and give us production at this position. So there's a question to be had, and we'll have it on another day, even about if they should do the Tony Pollard contract with the free, you know, the the uh, the franchise tag. But I digress. Um, that Ezekiel Elliott news just came out. It's relevant to that. So we'll be monitoring that because I'm sure that will uh, have some things that it works itself out moving forward. Um, but kind of speaking in the same vein with the money, we want to trend. So you kind of franchise, excuse me, you want to pivot towards the franchise free agency tracker to look at the guys that are out there. The, would you bring them back, Aiden? What would you do? Would you make a contract? Would you not do that? And uh, we'll start at the top here. Um, this is on Blogging the Boys Instagram. They put this out on January 23rd. This is kind of what we're using um, here. But uh, Cooper Rush. Are you bringing him back? Are you drafting another guy? You signed a free agent. What are you doing with Cooper Rush? I'm not re-signing Cooper Rush just because I don't. Cooper Rush should not have won five games last year. That was a miracle that the defense was able to do what they did. And so I'm not. I don't think Cooper Rush is that good of a quarterback. When I look at my backup quarterback position, I want a guy with upside, the guy that, like a Dak Prescott, I mean, not every guy's going to turn into Obviously, not every backup's going to turn to Dak Prescott, but like in 2016, like a, oh yeah, it's a young quarterback that we can develop that can learn under the veteran quarterback we have. And maybe one day we'll have to throw him in and he surprises everybody. I want a quarterback like that. Cooper Rush isn't it. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, um, you know, play these back first and 10 episodes from a summer ago. I was, yeah. I, I didn't think he was going to even win the, the number two job. The fact that what he did is great for the Cowboys. I just don't know if, if it's sustainable, right? So if they can find a way to get comparable money or even less money, find another quarterback and come in and be, you know, just in that spot. I think Cooper Rush has done a great job. He's, he's kind of run his, his role here, but I'm, I'm past on Cooper Rush moving forward. Um, this one's interesting. We kind of just touched on it a little bit. Um, Tony Pollard. I just kind of tipped my hand a little bit. I don't know if I would give him the, you know, the franchise tag. I say that to say, if you're not going to give Tony Pollard the franchise tag, that means that to me, you have to be committed to finding a running back, whether it be in the draft or in free agency. And you got to be committed to bringing talent into this offense because he is one of your most explosive best players on offense. But what would Aiden Davis do with Tony Pollard, the free agent? I'm I'm not re-signing Tony Pollard either. I'm letting him walk. I mean, maybe unless Tony Pollard, unless no other team is interested in Tony Pollard and there's like, I'm definitely not franchising him. 
And unless no other team is interested in Tony Pollard and I'm able to get him at like six, seven million, like that's my cap. I understand he's a very explosive player and I love watching Tony Pollard play. I just don't want to keep investing in this running back position when it's been proven you can win without investing essentially any like Eagles chiefs didn't invest any capital in the running back position. Look at where they are. You can win without investing money in the running back position. And I think that's what the Cowboys need to start doing moving forward. Would you now, would you be opposed to, you know, uh, we're going to get on it because Rico Dowell is on this list. He's actually the next one. So real quick, yes and no, you re-sign Enrico Dowell. Yes. I'm absolutely re-signing Rico. Okay. You sign Enrico Dowell. So, in this instance, would you be okay with signing Rico Dow to obviously probably a, a very team friendly deal? Um, probably and a would million you, dollars if that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Whatever the cap minimum is. Now you get Tony Pollard. If you slap the tag on him from one year, it's $10 million. And your three running backs are Tony Pollard, Malik Davis, and Rico Dow, knowing that after this one year, regardless, you're not signing Tony Pollard, you're not going to tag him twice. And the next year, you look to draft the new guy. But this time, you're looking at a more seasoned, you know what you got from Malik Davis, you know what you got from Rico Dow, and then you're kind of having your bell cow back be in next year's draft. Is that even a possibility for you? I mean, that's not, it's definitely not the worst move that the Cowboys can make. We've seen them trade Amari Cooper for a fifth-round pick, so they've done worse. But <laughs> I, I still – I think you can find talent. I mean, we just talked – like, if you can get Tank Bixby in the fourth this year, please do it. And, like, right. Tank – I know, he's not as good as Tony Pollard, but 75% of Tony Pollard on a rookie deal or pay Tony Pollard all the money. I mean, I prefer to look – that this year's draft, but if we have Tony Pollard another year, I'm not going to be crying myself to sleep. Fair enough. And this is somebody that, you know, across the fan base, it's, it's, it kind of been a, a triggered conversation. So would you Aiden Davis re-sign Dalton Schultz fresh off the free agent tag price tag that he just got? Once again, if you had asked me last year, I was banging the drum hard for Dalton Schultz. I thought he, I, rewind i was dalton schultz number one supporter last offseason now i'm gonna say don't resign him because i have seen jake ferguson i've seen peyton hendershot i've seen the two youthful rookie tight ends that we had this year and then i saw dalton schultz and i thought is there really a drop off at this point especially if you give him another year to develop i'm not paying schultz when i know what the two rookies did I am uh, I'm in lockstep with you. I think I was okay with last year, right? I think that was a safety valve. Somebody that Dak Prescott likes. He still likes. Production didn't meet the money this year. Um, it very rarely does. <laughs> but in this instance, the production didn't meet it. We drafted Jake Ferguson, who, you know, if you've been paying attention, Travis Kelsey compared to say he's one of the next ups in this league. And that's huge high, high praise from probably the league's best tight end. Um, but I'm also on, on, on record here saying that in all of my mock drafts, I found a way to get a tight end somewhere. You know, I found a way to get a tight end in the fourth or the fifth round somewhere that you can add and be that fourth guy. Cause I like Sean McCune. I obviously meant mentioned Hendershot and, and it would be Ferguson's uh, group, but if they can bring in one more guy, be that fourth guy, they like four tight ends. I wouldn't be opposed to doing that as well. Yeah. I'm fine. If they want to draft, I don't, if we let Schultz go, I don't tight end. It's not like tight end becomes a need on my draft board. But I would like, yeah, take a shot in later rounds. But it's not, I've seen people mocking tight ends to the Cowboys. I've seen first round tight ends being mocked to the Cowboys. And I'm like, you know, the Cowboys have significantly bigger needs than tight end. Please do not take a tight end with your first round capital. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I totally agree. This may be an easy one. This He might make this decision for us, but T.Y. Hilton, yes or no? No. I mean, that was a one-year rental. Yeah. I, T.Y., you were the number, great number two receiver. Sorry. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good with that. I think he's good with the fact that he probably wants to do a similar role next year if he wants to play at all. He wants to come yeah. in late, doesn't want to do the camp. So T.Y. Hilton, was he's definitely an in-season signing that was intriguing, but let's leave it at that moving forward. This one, to me, if you've been paying attention at all, is another easy one, but Aiden Davis, Noah Brown, yes or no? Yeah. Wow, you you and Noah Brown, you guys have <laughs> so you guys have, The guy is, yeah, yeah, listen, a good kid, but not for him. I... No, I I'm gonna say it's tough because like if we can bring in Noah Brown for like 1.5 million, I think he's like we've seen him be a solid number four, number five receiver before. The issue was is he's not a number three receiver, and so I'm actually not I'm gonna say two. yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm actually gonna say yes to Noah Brown, okay. but only if you can get him incredibly cheap and. Please, Dallas, do not let this be your only wide receiver move this offseason. He can <laughs> he needs to be the number five, number six receiver. He is a good number five, number six receiver. That, that listen, I'm all in. I Noah Brown, I didn't have a beef with Noah Brown last year. Noah Brown fit in when he was behind Cedric Wilson and he was like the fifth guy, fourth guy. I had zero issues with Noah Brown. Now it's at the point now where I'm not investing money on a fourth, fifth guy because I'm interested to see what Simi Fajoko can do. You know, I we need to f- see if we got anything from Jalen Tolbert at this point. We need to draft somebody. I, we might have to draft two. So as far as I'm concerned, the, the money isn't scaring me about Noah Brown if they want to keep him around. It's the I think I'm all set with the opportunity. You know what I mean? I know he okay. has value, but we need to find somebody else like much in the sense that there's a couple other guys here that like would make sense but like could you find their production elsewhere and we'll get onto that that's how i'm at i am with noah brown so nothing personal but i'm i'm, I'm out on noah brown um this one is probably going to be an easy one as well he's a restricted free agent terrence dale yes or no yeah i mean no easy. we don't need it yep the easy yeah. he was a great right tackle yeah. really coming along nice i'm really looking forward to see what he's going to do in the yeah. future he needs to be in the plans. Uh, easy. Yes. Yep. Um, he's not going to be. I mean, I wonder how much time he misses. That's the question more than anything. It's a no brainer to bring Terrence Steele back. Uh, Jason Peters. It could be quick. It could be easy. What do you think? I, I think it's similar to T.Y. I mean, Peters mm-hmm. did a lot for us this year um, a, on an O-line that was facing a lot of injury. But once again, he's not your long. He's is he 40? Is yeah. he going to be turning yeah. 40? No, he was Jeez. already 40. He was already He was 40. already, yes. Already 40. Jason Peters, 
please enjoy retirement, man. Thanks. You've had a really good career. And I think he's going to make the decision for us. If if I remember yeah. correctly, I think he mentioned like, this is it. He's going out. This is the final one. So appreciate what you did for us, Jason. Um, Real uh, quick. Enjoy. Yeah. Jason Peters on, he, he evolved in, I think one of the best leaders on the sidelines. Oh, for sure. And that did, that deserves to be shut up. When you watch the tail of the tape, it's like, I don't know. Noah Brown drops a pass. The first person to come up to him is Jason Peters. Like, Hey, you got it, man. I'm like, well respected this guy was just signed two weeks ago and he's yep. already yeah incredible For sure. he was well respected that is something that's like intangible like him on the sideline like handshakes with everybody you know good words for everyone that made a negative like jason peters in a locker room was absolutely marvelous for this year it just how many of those do you need right i mean at yeah. what point no. so i appreciate everything because jason peters you're right was uh, like one of the coolest teammates i think a lot of those guys would say so um that is you know jason peters is a no for me and no for you. And I think he may retire anyway, but we'll see what happens there. This one, I think I'm in a different camp than a lot of people. Where are you on Connor McGovern? Oh man, this Connor McGovern's tough. Once again, I think this would come down to if you can get him on a backup guard seller. I he's not, mm. he's not going to be in my book. He's not a starter. So, if you can pay him something in the ballpark of two, three million dollars max, which I don't think, I don't know what the market value of Connor McGovern is going to be. He's played a lot. So I'm going to say no, just because I think I'll be priced out of Connor McGovern. This is where I'm different. I think I don't, I didn't love the idea and I still don't love the idea of him being the starting left guard, but without him, who who's there? Matt Farniok. You know what I mean? Like who is who's do you draft one and then you bank on that? If you know, if it doesn't fall that way, um, now do you force an actual need in the draft with a guard, right? Now, what's gonna happen because Terrence Steele is hurt? If Tyrant Smith, because you know, we'll talk about um different situations with how they're gonna handle Tyrant Smith in you know later episodes, but if Tyron Smith doesn't come back or isn't back here, like how's the offensive line configuration? Is it gonna be Tyler Smith, Connor McGovern, you know, Biotish, Martin, who's that right tackle? You know what I mean? So it's a lot of moves that got to be made. And I feel like Conor McGovern is in that puzzle piece. So for, for me. Yeah. It's one thing. If Tyron Smith retires, yeah. Then Conor McGovern would become a significantly bigger priority in terms of re-signing. The one thing I will say is, yeah, I mean, I just, I hope that the Cowboys do something to address offensive line because when their front five is working, it's great. You have to have that depth. And I just, I don't think, Connor McGovern is a starter quality. So I'd like to see them address it more in the draft yeah. and free agency. I, I think I agree. I think that you could definitely do better than Connor McGovern. The reason why I want him is there is some familiarity. It's not in the same boat as Noah Brown to me. He came in, he held his own. You can be better, but you can be worse. So I think there is value in that. Um, but yeah, like that's going to be an interesting storyline for me, how they move and handle that moving forward. We don't have to touch on Alec Lindstrom, friend of the show. He has signed a futures deal, so he will be here. Alec Lindstrom is a cowboy, at least moving forward. Um, the big one, actually, you know, what? let's bang out a couple of easy ones first. Anthony Barr, yes or no? No. I'm no on Anthony Barr. I think um, exciting name at the beginning of the year didn't really pan out to what we would hope to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, John Ye Thomas, the safety. Seems like they sure. signed a future deal, so I think he's coming back as well. Yeah, um, sure. Let's bang out some of these special teams. Are you you want Jake McQuaid? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, 
Yeah, I'll take McGuire. The question, there's two. Or Matt Overton. The fact yeah, that Overton, we have, yeah, sorry. the fact we have two free agent long snappers is kind of funny to see. I'd say between those two, I'd go with McQuaid. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm with it. So out on Overton, in on McQuaid, as long as the injury is good. Thomas, we've talked about. Now we kind of get a little bit more into the nitty gritty here. Trayvon Mullen's gone, so we don't have to speak about him. Um, <clears throat> so we got. Leighton Vander Esch. I know you've been, you were kind of hammering the drum early on last year. I'll give you my quick and let you get the floor here. Leighton Vander Esch is an easy yes for me. Go ahead. Very easy yes. I think that he was so unbelievably underrated in Dan Quinn's defense this season. And like, if you look at the splits of him on the field versus him off the field, it is a very stark difference in terms of how this defense performs. And I think Leighton Vander Esch, because because we now have a guy named Micah Parsons, I think Leighton Vander Esch is always going to be underrated to anybody who watches. And I think he's going to be underrated to people who are signing him to deals as well. I think you're going to be able to still get him for somewhat cheap. I'm talking about in the ballpark. I don't know. What do you think his market value would be if you had to guess? Like, I think I think he's going say, to be in that three-year deal. Say the, Yeah, say the Cowboys signed him to a three-year deal, which I ho- I'd say yes. Hopefully they do. What did he sign for last year? Do you know what that one year was? I think it was like two million. Yeah, I think he's. I think he would. I think he's going to command at least six a year. I would think. You know. Yeah, and three years, I'd be happy to go million? up to eight. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy year, going 24? up to eight, nine. Yeah, nine. I. I'm willing to give Leighton Vanderesh's back. He is huge for this defense. And by the way, outside of Leighton Vanderesh, the Cowboys have no linebackers. So let's please keep LVE. Yeah. So speaking of the next linebacker here. Luke Gifford. I mean, if the money's right, I mean, special teams ace, I think he was a captain at one point. Uh, you keeping Luke Gifford around? Yeah, good special teams guy. Got to be cheap. Yeah. Keep him around. Not everybody's going to be the top 10 guys on the roster. You got to have some guys that are in that 53 to 45 range, and I think he kind of fits that that bill. Um, because, they're, again, I'm not going to bring it back to Noah Brown in that sense, but they asked Noah Brown to do too much. Luke Gifford just yeah. fits perfectly into his role. Like, he, he has value, and there's what he needs to do, he does it well. So I would keep Luke Gifford around if the money's right. Same vein, different kind of spot. CJ Goodwin, you in on CJ Goodwin or are you ready Completely to? Completely, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, CJ. What about CJ Kelvin and... Joseph though? Are you ready to let Kelvin Joseph be CJ Goodwin in this instance for the next couple of years, or are you like, no? At this point, I I am fine if the Cowboys just want to move on from Kelvin and just say no. Mm. I mean, no, don't. I don't want the Cowboys to cut Kelvin Joseph. <laughs> I still think I still think he can have some value on special teams. And I'm still like there's like one per tiny, tiny percent of me that's still holding out hope that he can still be a competent NFL cornerback. But if you ask me like for the next five years you get CJ Goodwin on special teams or Kelvin, I'm going with CJ because I mean Kelvin doesn't all I've seen Kelvin do is make mistakes. All I've seen CJ Goodwin do is consistently make plays. So fair enough. I mean, I just, I think a lot of people have resided to the fact maybe that Kelvin Joseph isn't going to be the cornerback prospect we had, but he showed, he showed some promise on special teams. I know he's made some bonehead mistakes. I think that comes with young youth and immaturity in some cases, but he's shown special teams ability that, you know, with the two of them, and even CJ Goodwin was, was singing his praises about how much talent he has at that spot. Um, you know, but again, you look at a guy like Matthew Slater is coming back to the Patriots. So CJ Goodwin could do this for 20 years if you wanted to. So um I'm I'm in on keeping CJ Goodwin there. Like I said, Trayvon Mullen is gone. We don't have to worry about him. 
this is an interesting one. Dante Fowler, are you focusing more on bringing a defensive end or a pass rusher in, in free agency or the draft, or are you keeping a known uh, known commodity in Dante Fowler in the fold? No, I, I, it, Dante Fowler's tough because I don't know. I assume his market value once again is going to be pretty cheap. And he, Dante Fowler did look good for us, but you then have to consider the fact that whatever defensive end you bring in, whether that be in the draft, whether that be in free agency, whether that be re-signing somebody like Dante Fowler, they're going to be like the fifth, sixth defensive end on this team just because like that's, which is good news for Cowboys fans. I mean, you're talking about names like Mike obviously plays a lot of defensive end. Demarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams, who looked very solid over the back half of the year. I'm now completely blanking on, two, I think, two names. Who are you thinking about? You think Sam Williams? Sam Williams, and then who else rotates in a defensive end? Why Armstrong? Dorrance Armstrong. There we go. Dorrance Armstrong <laughs> was the name I was thinking of. So I mean, I don't, I don't think Dante's definitely not. Dante doesn't jump any of those guys. And I think whatever guy you sign in free agency or the draft isn't jumping any of those either. So I'm just like, take a very, very minimalist approach to edge defender this year. And yeah, I, I, and, yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, I think Dante Fowler has value on this roster, but I'm not like, you know, doing, you know, gymnastics. If, if the, if the money is, perfectly okay for the Cowboys then then I can find a role for him but like if they want to draft it or find some other avenue to bring somebody in I'm fine with that he kind of tailed off a little bit um is whether it be playing time or production whatever um you can find that fifth sixth pass rusher I guess and I think they're going to address it in the draft anyway so I'm I'm out on um I'm very smallish out on Dante Fowler like I said he can come here and I'd be okay with that um somebody who I really do want though is the next guy. It's Jonathan Hankins. I'm big on, I want Hankins here. He, the Cowboys traded draft capital for him. So this seems like somebody just naturally that they would try to keep in the fold to get more return for their investment. But at the same time, I think his value in the interior was something the Cowboys valued. So how about yourself? Do you think it's yes or no on Hankins? Yeah. And I think we can loop in the next guy too, with Carlos Watkins. I'm keeping both of them. I think the Cowboys, They've done this weird thing where they've actually managed to find pretty solid defensive tackles despite investing nothing into the position in terms of money or draft capital. And so when guys like Watkins, when guys like Hankins hit, and like with Hankins, we saw him kill it in the run defense, Watkins actually turned into a pretty good pass rusher, which I wasn't expecting. I'm keeping both of those guys. I want to I want to keep building my defensive tackle position. So would you, so I'm all in on keeping Hankins. Like, I think that's like a priority for the Cowboys for Watkins. If they brought him back, I'd be cool with it. Like I have no issues with it, but would you be upset or against it? If they were like, we're going to let Watkins walk, but we're going to, we're going to address the need in the draft. No, no, no. What I I'm with you. Hankins is the, definitely the priority between those two guys. Watkins is, I'd like to see Watkins return, but I'm not going to be devastated if he's goes elsewhere. Okay. I, I agree. I think we're in the kind of in the same boat there. Um, the last one we're gonna talk on before we kind of wrap it up here is an important one, a one that I get I got extremely wrong in the offseason. Somebody that I had is not making the roster who ended up being a big piece of it. Are you keeping Donovan Wilson on this roster? This one comes down to market price for me. I mean, we've seen Donovan Wilson really it was weird because I felt like and I've talked about this before. Donovan Wilson to me had a very similar season to like 2021, where like he 
he's really good. And I we always saw him hit hard. We've seen we kind of saw him. I guess he evolved a little bit more into a pass rusher this year, but I didn't feel like he was leaps and bounds better than in 2021. With that said, if he he's, he for some reason started getting all this media attention, so I don't really know. There's a chance that he's just like for some reason a team decides to drop 10, 12 million per year on him. And in that case, I'm out. Mm. But if you can get him at like the typical, like decent safety market price, I'm I'm fine paying Donovan yeah. Wilson. So I for me, what I'm gonna I'm gonna set up this answer with um Donovan Wilson did exactly and more for this team, right? I think some people are mad that he didn't get a Pro Bowl nod this year. So there, I think Donovan Wilson is valuable. Um, it just comes a, come down to roster construction where J-Rock Curse isn't going anywhere. I'm valuing Malik Hooker because he's more of that center fielder safety type that they just don't haven't had in a long time. And I think Malik Hooker being healthy and staying on the field, he's a talent that I want to keep around. That brings up, you know, Donovan Wilson was a tough conversation because Wilson does have value on this team. I think he does bring a lot to this squad, but we saw Izzy step up, right? We saw yeah. Marquise Bell that they want to see more from. And I wouldn't even be upset with them addressing it some at some point during the draft with some more safety help to keep some of the young guys in there. And it just comes down to pie, like, you know, Stephen Jones likes to say. Donovan Wilson, can he'll go be a Jaguar and kill it. You know what I mean? But like at the same time, um, the Cowboys got to do what's best for us. And it's not going to be all these easy situations. This is one of those hard ones. So I'm going to say no on Donovan Wilson simply because there are some guys that stepped up. And I want to see more from them and the money miss may be used better somewhere else. I think it's I think we share a similar perspective on Donovan Wilson. So would you be in at the right price? Like if say I would be, I would say be like in on you're the- paying him like starting money like not mm. not elite money but like you're paying him starting safety money would you be in at that price well i guess the, my question to that is and it's something that only they could tell us is where do they visit visit or view izzy in his role like is he does he go back yeah. to a reserve does he does he fit into that like hybrid nickel type of secondary corner position like like Donovan, we have hitters. We have guys on this team that can hit. I think they think that Marquise Bell can hit. I think that they have some guys on the secondary that um, can bring the boom, so to speak. Um, if you think that Donovan Wilson holds that niche and he's that guy that nobody else can provide, then I'm okay with that. But if if you want to be frugal Fanny, right, for sake of a better of a term, um, and you want to go somewhere else, I'm not going to be upset with that because I think Donovan, Donovan Wilson – is unique in that sense, but how valuable is that to Dallas in the front office when they're trying to divvy up the money? Um, so that's my question. That's my answer on that. So either way, if they were like, oh, they signed Donovan Wilson three-year deal, they're cool. You know what I mean? If they're like, all right, we're going to let him test the market, I'd be like, cool. Okay. By the way, you know? we, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think I'm a little bit more pro signing Dono, but okay. I'm not going to be devastated if he will. Like, yeah, you're sure. right. If, if it comes out, the Jaguars sign him to a six-year, $100 million deal like the Jaguars give out in terms of their contracts. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm fine <laughs> with that. By the way, we didn't hit the name that I assumed you'd want to talk about the most. Brett Maher? No, Anthony oh. Brown. Anthony Brown. I did miss Anthony Brown, so that is a mistake of mine. So real quick, we don't have to mention... So I'll give you the Maher. floor with Anthony Brown. I'm yeah. yes on Anthony so- Brown. Okay, yes on Anthony Brown. Want to say real quick, we didn't touch Brett Maher because the Cowboys made that decision for us, so we don't have to really dive into that. All the best in your future endeavors. Um, Anthony Brown, 
which I'm glad you brought it up. I can't believe I missed it because that's my road dog. But <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Anthony Brown, if it wasn't for this injury, I'd be in. But I just – because I don't see a way where he's available until, like, November. You know what I mean? These He had the when torn he Achilles. He got hurt in, like, December. So if you're talking about that late in the season, yeah, I think it might've been like the last like six games of the year. Let me see. Let me double check while I got here. Anthony Brown injury. Cause as far as I'm concerned, I think the worst injury you can have. Um, yeah, you're right. Is the worst injury you can have now is the Achilles. I would say, you know what I mean? So he ended up getting hurt December 4th. Yeah. yeah 4th, so yeah. last month of the year, essentially, if that's a, if that's, nine to 11 month injury or even eight to 10 we're talking about a guy who isn't available until at the earliest like late october so that doesn't really do you much value and it, and and so if you're gonna sign that dude to a free agent deal just to hop him and put him on um you know the pup list to start the season you might as well draft one or two guys you know what i mean i think if you can get a top first or second round pick with Trayvon Diggs and put Deron Bland at the nickel corner. You got Jordan Lewis as well as the fourth guy. I think you can roll with that. You know what I mean? So I think you got a top draft pick with Diggs and them. I think that happens. Anthony Brown healthy. It's a no brainer to me, but also I think cornerback as a whole of the Cowboys wouldn't be as big of a deal if he wasn't, if he was healthy, you know what I mean? But it isn't. And he is. So that's why I think I'm out on Anthony Brown because the timeline doesn't make sense for this team. Yeah, I think for some reason in my head, I thought like, oh, Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown got injured like two weeks apart. And so Anthony Brown should be ready to go by the beginning of next season. Completely. Yeah. Okay. Tony, you've you've enlightened me. And Anthony Brown's now. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> I was able to. Know, yeah. <laughs> for 40 minutes, I was able to enlighten you with one piece of information <laughs> for a change. So I'm glad with that. Um, and before we kind of wrap it up here and go. Anything else, anybody you're changing opinions on, anybody you want to bang on the drum, anything you want to kind of reinforce here before we get out of here? The one, I mean, I we really beat it to death by this point, but the one thing, please, Dallas, consider going no Pollard, no Zeke. Try to just go cheap at running back and just one season, see how it works. I'm telling you, it's, you're, Gonna have a lot more money to spend elsewhere. You're gonna have a lot of money to spend on a guy like I don't know a Donovan Wilson, uh, mm. like these 50-50 guys that we were talking about. If you don't, if you don't tag Pollard and you let Zeke walk, you have the money to sign them and maybe be a little bit more aggressive in free agency. So as a Longhorn, are you Bijan at twenty six? Are you Team no. Bijan? <laughs> right. No, I don't. Let I don't. I don't want to see a first round pick burned on a running back. Just not, not that. Bichon's going to be great in the NFL, but mm. we have bigger needs in running back, even Fair if we enough. don't resign Pollard and Zeke. I wanted to test you there because I know you got your long horns. It bleeds. <laughs> you, you bleed long horn blood there. So, all right, just wanted to double check that. And for me, um, I kind of just want to, <laughs> I just want to hammer the point that the wide receiver needs to be addressed. I don't want to hear about Noah Brown cracking the starting lineup. I don't want to hear about <laughs> that. So, you know, that's my, that's my, uh, I guess that's my cross to bear in this situation is I need wide receiver help. I need cornerback help. And um, the Cowboys have chances, opportunities moving forward. I think they, I think I could be wrong. We've been wrong for a long time. If you had this opinion, but I think they're going to be a little more aggressive in free agency. I think that the draft is, um, I think they're done with the cutesy second round stuff. I think they need to hit on these early round picks if they want to really go places. So I think the Cowboys are going to be aggressive in nature this year. And I think that's exciting for Cowboys nation. So um, with that, 
That is another episode of the First and Ten Podcast brought to you by Blog and the Boys, sponsored by SB Nation. So alongside my good friend Aiden Davis, I am Tony Catalina, and we will catch you guys next week. Have a good one. to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.